You are listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you find your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought-after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited about today's talk and uh, just super grateful for you. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for uh, all the kind words. Thank you for sharing it on your social media. And um, it just means the world to me. I do want to make sure, please do uh, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure that you rate it, hopefully with a good good rating. And um, if today's podcast is a blessing to you, if you would share that maybe in your Instagram story, uh, I would really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you for helping me get the word out. I want to talk about passion today. Um, I shared a thought about passion recently on my Instagram. I was talking about um, passion over gifting, passion over talent. And I was talking about how I really do believe that passion has become a missing ingredient um, in communication. And I want to just speak to it um, wherever you're at. I love what John Maxwell says, if you're talking, you're communicating. So um, he just wrote a new book on communication and he was saying, you know, this isn't just for preachers. It's not just for, you know, TED talkers. This is if if you talk, if you're a leader, you're talking. And if you're talking, you're communicating. And that means that we always need to grow in our communication. And I just, I wanted to talk about bringing passion to your communication, passion to your leadership, passion to your organization. Uh, Actually, one of the core values of our church is we are a people of passion. And then here's our little blurb under that. I'm I'm not going to break this down anymore, but just so you know, we've we've actually put passion into our verbiage, into our culture, into the code of our church. Church should be enjoyed, not endured. There should be a sound of laughter, a shout of praise, an amen in the room. That's a that's a big phrase around here at City Light, an amen in the room. We're 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 creating environments where there's an amen in the room. We bring passion to every meeting, project, and service. We bring passion to every meeting, project, and service. So so we're 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 big into passion around here. Passion is not volume. Passion is not cultural. Passion is not, well, Jabin's Pentecostal or Jabin's Mexican or, well, maybe that works in Vegas. No, it's not about that. Passion is deeper than that. That's that's where I want to go today. Uh, Anyone can work on voice inflection. Anyone can get more skilled on the ups and downs of using your voice. Passion is beyond gift, beyond talent, beyond skill. Passion is beyond practice. Passion comes from the soul. Passion comes from a deep place in our heart. So let's let's define it real quick, and then let's jump into the way that I, um, the ingredients I should say that 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 I said you need to to be a passionate leader and a passionate communicator. 
Uh, but very quickly, passion, according to Strong's, is a strong and barely controllable emotion. Passion is a strong and barely controllable emotion. When I when I think of a barely controllable emotion, I think of riding a horse. I don't know if you've ever ridden a horse. Uh, you're just very aware that you're barely in control. There's just Man, there's something in the room and there's something on the team where, yes, we're in control. Yes, we believe in self-control. We're not out of control, but man, we're barely in control. I, I love that idea. It's a strong emotion. Uh, speaking of Jesus, John chapter 2, John chapter 2, verse 17, zeal for the Lord's house consumes me. Zeal consumes me. When I think of a passionate leader, I think about zeal and I think about being consumed. Uh, here's a word, obsessed. I'm, I'm consumed. I'm obsessed with my calling. I'm obsessed with what God's doing. I'm obsessed with my organization. I'm obsessed with my vision. I'm obsessed. And what, what, consumed me what was my what was my obsession well according to jesus it should be the lord's house obviously i'm a pastor so i'm very excited about that maybe you're a business owner you ought to you ought to have part part of your zeal part of what consumes you as a business owner as an entrepreneur should be the lord's house building god's house building the body of christ i love that word zeal great energy and enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or objective. Great energy and enthusiasm. Great energy and enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. So let me give you my ingredients for passion, and then I'm going to break them down. I believe that in order to have passion, you have to have a faith in God's willingness, a belief in people's potential, a conviction in your message, and a security in your identity. Let's break these down one by one. I won't keep you long today, but I want to put this in your spirit. So, so okay, one more time. Passion is not volume. Passion is not hype. Nothing wrong with, with either, by the way. I'm a very loud preacher. Um, passion is is not just manufactured like, you know, slap your face and do some push-ups and let's go, let's go. It's, it's more than that. Real passion, deep passion. Uh, lifetime sustained passion is a faith in God's willingness to act. So, so you have to have a faith in God's willingness. Uh, what did the man say to Jesus and Matthew 8, if you are willing. And the Lord responded with, I'm willing. You know, Jesus never said, I'm not willing. Jesus never turned away a sick person. He never said, it's not my will to heal you. There was a willingness. Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, that I could have, that I could have gathered you unto myself like a like a mother hand gathers her chicks, but you would not. 
but you would not. Jesus was always willing. And you have to have a faith in that willingness. You, you can't have passion and think you're in this alone without God. Passion requires that you believe that God is willing. Oh yeah, you need to be willing. But you got to believe that God's willing. I talked Sunday about the idea that you can't move forward if you think God's against you. You can't conquer with a grasshopper mentality. You can't move into what God has for you if you think God's against you. So you have to believe that God is willing. A faith in God's willingness. A, a, he's, he wills for your church to grow. He wills for your business to prosper. He wills for your family to get better. He wills for you to be healed. He wills. It's his will that you be free from that thing. You've got to have a faith in God's willingness. That as we, as we lead our organizations, as we lead our churches, as we lead our businesses, we, we don't believe that we're doing this against the will of God. But we actually believe that we've received a God idea for our life. And there, there is a core, deep foundation of God is willing. God is willing. You, you got to have that. A faith in God's willingness. Got to believe that. Get that in your heart today. God, God wants to help you. If, if you are taking notes, if you're driving, you can't take notes, but you ought to write that down somewhere. God wants to help me. God wants to help me. He really does. You got to have a faith in that. You, you, you got to believe that God is, is for you. And if God is for you, Romans 8, 31, if God is for you, who can be against you? You got to get that in your spirit, friend. God is not intimidated by success. He's not intimidated by prosperity. He's not intimidated by growth. You just use all of it to serve him, to expand his kingdom, to serve others. But you got to have a faith in God's willingness. Here's number two. You got to believe in people's potential, a, a belief in people's potential. This is huge. When it comes to passion, you've got to believe in people's potential. Think about Numbers chapter 13. We are grasshoppers in our own eyes. We are grasshoppers. We are grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we are grasshoppers in our enemies' eyes. Think about that for a second, friend. They had the wrong view of themselves. Let me say this. I really want to talk to pastors for a moment. How do you see your people? Do you see them as grasshoppers? Do you think you're a grasshopper? When I say a belief in people's potential, that starts with you. You got to believe in your own potential. You got to believe in the church's potential. You got to believe in the potential of your community. I hear so many pastors, I'm just tired of it, who just, they complain about their region. They complain about their city. And, and what they don't realize that they're doing is they're cursing their own ministry. They're, they're going to complain their way out of fruitfulness. They're going to complain their way out of fruitfulness. They're going to complain their way out of the promised land and back in to the wilderness. 
Remember that. It wasn't God who kept Israel out of the promised land. It wasn't the devil. And it wasn't Moses. It wasn't Joshua. And it wasn't Aaron. And it wasn't Caleb. It was the people's mindset. It was their mentality, not their ability. They did not have a belief in themselves. And listen, as a communicator and as a leader and as an organizational leader, you have to believe in the people. You have to believe in your city. You have to believe in your region. You have to believe. You've got to get a belief in the potential. How do you talk to people? How do you talk to your team? How do you talk to your church? How do you talk about your city? How do you talk about your industry? How do you talk about this economy? Be very careful. Be very careful. That that whole generation ended up dying in the wilderness. Think about that. That whole generation died in the wilderness. Why? Because of a mentality. Because of stinking thinking. Because of a grasshopper mentality that stopped them. And I, I'm telling you, you, you can... You might have a lot of faith in God, but if you've given up on your city, if you've given up on your region, if you've given up on your people, you're done. You, you will not have passion. Let me say that. You, you might be able to operate in your gift, but you'll never have passion. And man, people will feel that. And when, and when people start to feel that you don't have passion, they will, they will be undeniably and unexplainably unattracted to you. If people don't believe that you believe in them, they will be undeniably and unexplainably unattracted to you. They're just, they won't know how to say it, but they won't be able to deny it. I don't like that guy. Cause I don't think he likes me. I don't like that pastor because I don't even think he likes living here. I don't, I don't like that. I don't think he likes his own church. I don't think he likes his wife. I don't think he likes his life. Do you have a grasshopper mentality? You got to get rid of it, man. By the way, you want to go a little deeper on this whole thought. You need to check out, go on YouTube or podcast channels. Check out uh, a new sermon I preached recently called, Who Told You You're a Grasshopper? Man, you got to get this in your heart. can't have a broken self-image and move forward and you can't have a broken image of the people and move an organization forward. I'm, I'm telling you right now, passion requires a belief in people's potential. Number three, you got to have a conviction in your message. Got to have a conviction. You're a real estate agent. You got to have a conviction that home ownership is the way to go. Can't just be that you need to make a sale because you want to make money. You got to have a conviction. A conviction in your message. Let me tell you how Jesus talked about his life. Luke chapter 2. I must be about my father's business. Not I might. Not I think. Not I maybe. Not I'm thinking about it or praying. I must be about my father's business. You have to have a I must spirit, a conviction in your message. You got to have the spirit of Nehemiah that's on the wall and he says, I'm doing an important.
important work. I'm doing an important work. I've, I've often defined leadership that way, that leadership is the conviction that what you do is important. And then out of that conviction, it is the skill to bring others along into that important work. But it is a conviction that what you do is important. You have to have a conviction in your message. Are you portable right now as a church pastor? You have to get a conviction about this season. You got to get a conviction about your hosting teams. You got to get a conviction about your greeting teams. You got to get a conviction about children's ministry, about next generation. You got to get a conviction about the sermons you're preaching. You got to get a conviction about the songs you're singing. There has to be a conviction in your message. There has to be a deep belief that, that I believe God gave me this and I believe it's important may not be the most important thing, but it's, but it's important to me because it's what God gave me. It's my message. It, it's the thing God gave me. You know, you think about Paul had a different ministry than James, had a different ministry than Peter, had a different ministry than John. You know, when you read, you read John's epistles and then you read James and then you read Peter's and then you read Paul's and they all kind of have a different flavor. It was their assignment. Jude's was different. It was their assignment. Hebrews was different. I don't think it was Paul. It, it, it doesn't sound like Paul. He had a different assignment. You got to figure out your assignment, and then you got to have a conviction about that. Are you a preacher? Preach. Are you a teacher? Teach. Are you a series guy? Do series. Are you not a series guy? Don't do series. You got to have a conviction. You can't hate what you teach. You can't hate what you preach. You got to have a deep, you've got to have a deep conviction because that passion, I am telling you, passion, Matt, passion is like the miracle grow to that living organism called your organization, called your church, called, it's that, it's that, it's that thing. It's that secret sauce. It's that, it's that thing that makes you special passion. You got to have a conviction about what you're doing. Deep conviction about your message. I think about some of my dear friends, I'm not name dropping, but I just, I think about dear friends who are preachers. I don't even have to say any names. I'm not going to say any names, but I, you know, I'm, I got my own thing. I'm not trying to be unique. I'm not trying to stand out. I'm not trying to be different than any other preacher. I'm trying to preach from a place of conviction. And when I preach from a place of conviction, which is a place of passion, it creates my distinction. Oh, and I feel this. When I preach from a place of conviction and a, it creates a place of passion and then that becomes my distinction. So I'm not preaching going, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like Chad Veach. I don't want to sound like Rich Wilkerson. I don't want to sound like Stephen Furtick. I don't want to sound like 
Jensen Franklin. I don't want to sound like Robert Madu. I don't want to sound like Daniel Ford. I don't want to sound like Jared Neiman. I don't want to sound like Marcus Meekum. I don't want to sound like Kevin Gerald. I don't want to sound like Chris Hodges. I want to sound. I don't want to sound like Craig Bush. I want to sound like me. And so how can I be different in the pack? No, 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 no. I just preach from my own place of conviction, my own place of passion. And then that gives me my own sound. My God, I hope I'm helping you. You got to have a conviction in your message and you better have a message. Lastly, you have to have a security in your own identity, a security in your identity. Um, You can't be passionate and insecure. You can be loud and insecure. You can be boisterous and insecure. You can talk and be insecure, but you can't be passionate. Passion is born in a deep security in your own identity. You know who you are. You know whose you are. You know what you are. You know who you are. You know whose you are. You know what you are. Paul, an apostle. Paul, a servant. Paul, Paul knew who he was. He knew who he was. You know, Paul never opens with a greeting and says, Paul, a tent maker. I've always found that interesting. He didn't find his identity in that. That wasn't his calling. That wasn't his purpose. For whatever reason, in certain seasons of his life and ministry, he he was a tent maker. That's not who he identified as. It wasn't, that wasn't the deep calling. He was an apostle. He was a bond servant. He saw himself differently. He saw, he saw himself through the eyes of God. You gotta have a deep security. You're not a grasshopper. <laughs> Grasshoppers are protein for the birds, you know. That's really what the Israelites were saying. We're we're just we're just promised land protein. We just gonna go into that promised land and get eaten up by these cities and by these people groups. No, 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 that's not who you are. You gotta have a deep security. You you've I'm telling you right now, bro, or sis, whoever's listening, you gotta be more confident. I'm telling you right now, you gotta be more confident. I believe that with all my heart. Not pride, not ego, confident. What would, what would make you more confident? I'm not talking about more Bible reading. I, I know you know you're beloved by God. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that you're a child of God. You know you, know you got nothing to prove. You know you're loved by God. I'm talking about what would make you more confident? Would losing weight make you more confident? Do it. Would putting a little muscle on make you more confident? Do it. Find things that make you more confident. You know, it's so funny. On Sunday, I, I preached in an outfit. And I did not like how it looked. I just didn't like how it looked. All the religious people go ahead and get offended with me, but I didn't like how it looked. And what I what I hated is on some level all day I was conscious about my outfit. Like the fact that I was even mindful of it. 
So buy, buy a fit that you like so that when you communicate, you're not worried about it. If anything, you go, man, I like this. This looks good on me. How can you grow in your confidence? I thought we were talking about identity. Yeah, your identity is more than just, I'm a child of God, glory to God, praise God. Yeah, of course, that's where it's rooted and grounded. But you also got to work on your confidence. Go, go get all your clothes tailored. Let me talk about that real quick. Get all your sleeves pulled up. Get your pant legs right. Get, get clothes that fit you right. Pay a little bit more. Get a haircut. Walk, walk in anytime you're communicating. If you're, you know, if I'm talking to preachers right now, you're walking on Sunday, come in feeling good. I'm telling you, secure in your identity, confident. There's a passion there. And, and I think where the passion is, is, um, I forgot who said it. I want to say C.S. Lewis, but I'm not sure that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. What I find is that when I'm most confident, I'm actually not thinking about myself. I hate that on Sunday I was preaching, but I was thinking about my, my look. I hate that. Humility is thinking about yourself less. So I, I, and usually I plan out my, my things really well and do all that really well, but I just didn't Sunday. I'm just telling you, you just think through all that stuff. Think through it. Think through it. A security in your identity. Your identity is yes, spiritual, where you're seated with Christ in heavenly places as a child of God. Your identity is also your personality. It's things you care about. It's your self-image. It's how you see yourself. All of that matters. And when you're when you're in that place of confidence and you're thinking about yourself less, now you're thinking about the people that you're ministering to. Now you're thinking about the mission and the vision. Now you're thinking about God. You're not thinking about you. So if I if I put on, uh, let me just go back to the outfit thing really quick. I'm, I'm glad I'm talking about this. I hope I'm offending somebody with small thinking. Um, if I'm wearing a fit that I like, I'm not. I'm not on stage going, "Whoo, I look good." Never. <laughs> I'm on stage not thinking about it. And I'm thinking about what's most important. So plan all that. Plan all that out. Plan all that out. All of it's important. All of it matters. And that's how you enter into that place of passion where you just, man, you're on fire. Passion. We're talking about passion. Passion. I think I'm done. I just, man, I want to get that in your heart. A faith in God's willingness, a belief in people's potential, a conviction in your message, a security in your identity. Those are the 
four ingredients to passion. Let's get passionate. Let's live from a place of passion, a place of barely controlled emotion. Hallelujah. I love that. Love you guys. We'll see you soon.